we should start digging up graves and no. just reselling no. the coffins. No. Let's just resell the coffins. <laughs> I'm Jamal, broadcasting live from a Chinese-made microphone deep within the basement of NORAD, here with Devin and Tito. How's it going, guys? Welcome, Venoms. Everything's going good. How you doing, Devin? Uh, this year's been stellar so far, and hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> Six days in, 2021. I can't wait for summer. That's, that's all I'm looking forward to. Yeah, winter sucks. Yes. Just want to shout out to, we got listeners in India. Did you guys see this? No, I have not. Yeah, I did actually see that. We got like six different people in India listening to us. So, hello. That's awesome. It's Thanks up to for the support, guys. Yep, appreciate it. Thanks, fellas. I know. And so, ladies. Uh, if, if we could get a country with a richer per capita, um, <laughs> I'd be okay. <laughs> you know, there are a billion Indians, though. You know what I'm saying? They're giving the Chinese a run for their money. So, I, Hey, I I'm all behind it. India. I'll buy an Indian-made microphone if if they can get there. You know, one of my favorite gurus is his name is he's Sad Guru is his name. And if you want some like uplifting like chatter or like how to like view life and just like one of those wise old men, he's actually a mystic. Oh, okay. All right. Fabulous videos about huh. just life, like your consciousness, your intelligence. You know, that's- I feel like when I listen to gurus, I feel like they're all just super cool. You know, they got good sense of humor. They make everybody laugh. You know, it's they're not like strict, hard ass kind of people. They enjoy life. And I really enjoy listening to them. Yeah. Like sad guru, like people have asked him, like, is it OK to masturbate and shit? And he's got like a video on that, like 10 or 12 minute explanation that, yeah, it's good for you. But you don't want to go crazy about it. Yeah. If you do it too much. Yeah. It's probably not such a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's awesome and he's very yoga inspired but it's all about oh man super logical i love watching it and uh just gives you a big positive attitude well, about i life. think i think it's just because it's such a different culture that it, it's awesome. sort of like a shock to your you to think of yourself in different ways than i was gonna say the yeah, culture yeah we raised your perspective yeah. of how you used to think yeah that's yeah, good I, that's the whole purpose of phantom facts yeah, I grew up with a lot of a lot of buddies from India uh, living in New York, and I gotta say that they're probably the friendliest group of people that I've ever met. I'll, I'll put them up there in, in number one. I mean, so accommodating and just really good people. Yeah, but they're just, pretty they're strict. Really they're pretty hard on about their business. <laughs> don't have any boundaries when it comes to personal space. They will get up in your grill. You're like, dude. Like, give me, give me some space, man. <laughs> you know, we're not speaking uh, Where is, where's Ray today? Where's Ray? <laughs> the love guru. <laughs> I'm the guru picker. <laughs> Sound like you might need one, but I believe he's probably out looking for Yitty Titty today. I, I got, uh, I got uh, a message saying OMY on my Yeti. So I, I assume cool. he's in the search of the, uh, of the woods of Colorado. We get some more uh, pictures of. He Should might be he might be just taking pictures of you right now. I'm just <laughs> Did you see that story that that story posted on our uh, Facebook page, the phone call? I did see that one how he tagged me in it. Like well, when I responded it just said the phantom sack facts said absolutely not. <laughs> did you did you see that uh, Tito? No, I'm on here now though. Oh, you got I, it's it's a, <laughs> It's a, it's I did listen to the phone call though, or like I, I did watch and listen to that video. Uh, yeah, the guy was like, I watched oh, shit, it the whole shit. way. <laughs> if if it was acting, it was great acting. Yeah, <laughs> I felt like the nine one one wasn't that professional though. That's why I was like, man, I'm still critical. Well, she could have been like, this is fucking Johnson, and he's always fucking blaming Sasquatch for eating his dog. Like uh, Chunk from uh, Goonies, I was always calling him with bullshit stories. <laughs> He's like, yeah, Chunk, that's uh, that's like that time you had Michael Jackson over. Yeah. He's like, no, but his sister was. <laughs> a great movie. Yeah, that is a great movie. Definitely a classic. Did you find this call, Tito? Yeah. 
actually fact checkers took it off of YouTube, so I can't. Oh, oh. wow. <laughs> We've been fact checked already on our page. <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it says video is unavailable. It's restricted. <laughs> Me? Oh, no. <laughs> Way to put out offensive content. Whoever, whoever, Ray, my, that's my brother right there for you. Who reported it as offensive? <laughs> Devin, did you report that as offensive? No, I would never do that. I feel like I'm not a snake. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That shit's fucking funny. Uh, well, we got some uh, we got some stories of the day for you. Have you guys ever heard of an author? Uh, what's this guy's treasure? What's this treasure name again? I forget Forrest this. Finn. What what was it? Fen Forrest Fen Forrest Fen. Yes, yes, yes. Well, they said they found his treasure, and there's a whole story behind this. And Tito was all into this story. No, for a couple years I ago. I was. I was convinced it was in Colorado. But I thought it was North it Santa is. Fe as well. I always thought it was in Colorado myself as well. Yeah. It, it, this is a. But, he was an author, right? He was the guy that. Uh, it was a guy that old, hid the treasure. Well, he's an old archaeologist, too, though. So yeah. A lot of the stuff he put in there is stuff that he'd found. And then he wrote a book and put a poem in there and then went and buried this treasure. I mean, God, God knows how many books he sold just saying, oh, the hint to find the treasure is in the book. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and the book is called The Thrill of the Chase. He, he, he was like an art old. dealer, too. He had a ton of money, this guy. I mean, he yeah, lived yeah, it. Yeah. He lived a pretty good life. Yeah, he had a couple million in this box. And I remember when it was found, and the, they said they weren't going to reveal the identity of the guy who found it. But then I came across this that said the identity's been revealed, all because of some bitch claiming that she found it first and this guy hacked her phone and got the details from it and he was forced to come out because they had to say who found it so he had to come out and say it was him that found it and they found it in wyoming and the guy won't say where he found it in wyoming because he doesn't want to become a tourist attraction or whatever but the contents have been verified as his but old finn he passed away last year i want to say in september yep died september at the age of 90 what a cool legacy to leave behind. Yeah. A treasure hunt with a couple mil. Someone found, you know. Yeah, oh, I think like three people died trying to find that thing. Oh, oh really? Man, people would go to his house and harass him. That's the clues. other thing that's in this article is like how many death threats he got and people calling him like, tell me where the treasure is. I'm going to kill your whole freaking family. Like crazy. That's why the other guy that found it didn't want to come out because he didn't want to have all that crazy vultures fucking attacking him. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I hope Ray's not looking for Forrest Fenn's treasure. <laughs> He's out there. He's digging holes. He doesn't even know it's been found because he decided to take the week off and not do, be on the show. Do, do you remember what the poem was? It was a short little. Uh, God damn it! What was? Oh, uh, you're gonna make me look it up and read you sh- it? You sh- well, I, no, no, I'm not gonna. I can it read it to you uh, if you want. Tito's got that bedtime story. Is by freaking Tito. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, I want to hear it. All right, here we go. <clears throat> here we go. Clear the throat. Yes. <laughs> It's actually kind of long. It's not. Is that it really? Bad. I thought it was just like three sentences or something, or not no, like three paragraphs. paragraphs. Okay, you ready? Yeah, go ahead. All right. As I have gone alone in there, and with my treasures bold, I can keep my secret where and hint of riches new and old. Begin it where warm waters halt, and take it the canyon down, not far, but fo- too far to walk. Put it below the home of Brown. From there is no place for the meek. The end is ever drawing nigh. There'll be no paddle up your creek, just heavy loads and water high. If you've been wise and found the blaze, look quickly down. You're quick to get to seize. But tarry scant with marvel gaze. Just take the chest and go in peace. So why is it that I must go? And leave my trove for all to seek. The answer I already know. I've done it tired and now I'm weak. So hear me all and listen good. Your effort will be worth the cold. If you are brave and in the wood, I give you t- I give you title to the gold. Yeah. Which I think he was actually personally hoping that it wouldn't be found. Do you think so? Yeah, I think so. I, I I don't think I think he would have been happier to die knowing that it still hadn't been found than it was to be found before he died. Well, maybe he shouldn't have written such a shitty poem. <laughs> such an easily find outable. <laughs> the guy doesn't say it was easy, and like I said, he doesn't say where in Wyoming he found it. I'm, that's Wyoming sort of cool. Is vast, just like just like Colorado, when you talk about like vastness. I mean, there's places in Wyoming you can go drive ten minutes and you won't see another soul. 
I see this story uh, you posted uh, for our show notes. Uh, this Utah man that pleads guilty. Yes. Yeah, so, like, this is a follow up to this story. This guy got busted digging holes because for some reason he thought old Forrest Finn decided to bury his treasure in a Yellowstone freaking graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> 80-something-year-old man digging up graves. <laughs> yeah. He's looking at like 12 years in prison, 15,000 in fines or something. That's that's the punishment for being a grave robber nowadays? Yeah, it's it's pretty steep. Here it is. But he wasn't uh, robbing graves. He was just... He's looking, uh, he could face up to 12 years in prison and 270,000 in Jesus. fines. His, his hearing is on March 17th. So this guy was out digging holes. This is after the freaking treasure been found, by the way. Way to do your research there, fella. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. May have caused more than a thousand in damage digging in the Fort Yellowstone Cemetery between August 1st of 2019 and May of 2020. Okay, so he stopped digging after it was found because I believe it was found in June. Wow. Well, see, so you you could make an argument that he wasn't digging up graves then, couldn't you? Well, maybe he's he just though. digging up. I don't know. Man. Around graves to find a treasure. I bet that's. I bet that's bullshit. I bet the guy actually thinks there's maybe there's another treasure story out there, and he just used Forrest Fenn as an excuse. I don't know, man. You're in a graveyard, though. I mean, come on, you got to know that that's you're kind of being this, a dick. So th- let me ask you this. So this graveyard is this the picture of the graveyard? It looks like an old graveyard. I wonder what year. A lot of people back then it's an were undated photo. It's an undated photo of Fort Yellowstone Cemetery. So I'm sure that when they're whitewashed like that, it's usually like 1850s to uh, or above. You see how they're whitewashed? Being a grave robber in those days, you could make some coin doing that. People were buried with all kinds of shit, you know? Well, even now, think of how how much people are buried, like, you know, just their freaking wedding rings alone, depending on how lavish they are. Yeah. You know what we should do? What? We should start digging up graves and no, just reselling no. the coffins. Let's no. just resell the coffins. Refurbished. The wood Refurbished. In the hole, bro. Refurbished. They, you see some of those coffins that go in the ground? They don't, deteriorate down there? Yeah, don't mind Don't mind the dust. Don't mind. You know? the, 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 I'll give you a 30% discount on this. We'll start casket. a dry cleaning company right next to it. Pre-owned. Pre-owned <laughs> casket sales. That sounds so creepy and gross. Just throw me in the trash. Don't waste any money on burying the funeral me. procession. Throw me in the garbage. They fucking they they do the whole lowering procession and then everyone leaves and then another guy comes around and like fucking opens it up like fuck. He's there like whoa, we go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't don't fill this all the way in yet. I need to get this casket back out. What the fuck are you doing, Johnny? <laughs> oh man, we have a Long Islander story. Yes, this what is where I picked this story because it's about Long Island. <laughs> oh, my God. The new uh, uh, North Florida. Dude straight up found a uh, bobcat plow with the key still in it and decides to, uh, you know what? I'm going to freaking rob Target. Target. <laughs> I think it's called Target. The Tar-J part of the story there. that really pulled me in was the fact that he had stolen on, in once inside, authority, authority said shuffle, swiped a coat, and several gift cards before police caught him in the electronics section of the big box retailer. And I'm like, dickhead, those gift cards aren't, they don't work until they run through the freaking registry, you jackass. You can steal as many as you want. They're worthless. Some people out in Suffolk County aren't too bright. How does that work? <laughs> like that they way. caught him in the electronics section. Is that section? like South Long Island? What is that? So if you're looking at Long Island, it's, yeah. it's the eastern part of Long Island. Yeah, it's divided. It's definitely into not northern because northerns where the Hamptons and shit are. Oh, that's where all the rich people are. At. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I like how they yeah, said they so- caught him in the electronics department. Like, can you imagine the guy <laughs> yeah. just sitting there? He's like, hey, that's I don't know. I, I've heard good reviews yeah. about the PlayStation Five, but the Xbox <laughs> is just <laughs> what are you yeah. doing here? Shop Decide which big screen TV he's going to steal because they're all priced the same. <laughs> why are all these TVs five hundred dollars? Like, well, the stimmy checks are six hundred, nummy. That's why. Get get that stimmy. Get the stimmy. Stimmy. Here's a uh, interesting story. I think we should do some research on uh, this 66 million year old deflated egg discovered in Antarctica. Football sized egg. Football sized egg. Yeah. American football or football? They didn't uh, specify. I'm guessing it looks like American football. Not to offend any of our. Soccer football loving people. That's a football football. You can tell by the elongated shape. I don't know. There's like some 
Yeah. Have you guys ever seen Joe Rogan and uh, Randall Carlson? I know who Joe Rogan is. I don't know who Randall Carlson. You need is. to watch. You need to watch. He's a uh, geologist that Joe Rogan had, but it's one that you actually have to watch. Oh, uh, you see the one that has all the clips about how like there was the giant floods and all that. Same dude. Yeah. I do know who you're talking about. Yes. That's really drew me in. He did like a three part series with him, actually. There were times though, like watching that I'm like, all right, guy, I'm with you. Let's let's continue on. You don't have to keep showing me these ripples. <laughs> the anyway, ones so up they in, found a soft yeah. shell egg. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's this egg they found there. I forget what they said. They thought it belonged to some sort of marine, like elephant a bird. Giant marine reptile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, giant marine. I mean, a lot of reptile today. If you ever see them when they hatch, their eggs are like super soft. I saw what that, that looks, looks like, like a potato, kind of bro. Like a yeah, put yeah, some yeah. sour cream on it, and I'll, I'll put it, <laughs> bacon bits and sour cream. Visual. Uh, now we got uh, something from the India Times. This is uh, and this is for all our friends in India. Uh, and I posted this on Facebook too. Uh, it says, uh, "Think your job is hard." Uh, Pooh explodes in the vet's face as he tries to help a constipated elephant. Oh my god! <laughs> and uh, you wow. just—you really just gotta watch the video and think, man, it's amazing. People, it's like a plunger they got stuck up its ass, and then <laughs> they you pull know what? It out. I think I might have actually seen this video back in the day. Yeah. Right, look, come on now, you're being slow. Yeah. I do have a good uh, a poo story though that it was involves my wife, which is really funny. Oh. When she was a kid, they used to play this game where they would sit in a wheelbarrow and the other ones would like wheelbarrow them around. They had to try to guess where they were. Well, my wife would sit in the wheelbarrow and it's her brothers. They wheelbarrow this one spot and they're like, Do you know where they are? I'm like, No. She's like, They're like, Open your mouth. So she opens her mouth and they stick a horse apple in her mouth. And when she's telling me the story, I'm like, Well, what did it taste like? She's like, It tasted like shit. That sounds like uh, some good old Iowa fun games to play around the barn. Oh, yeah. She's like, I brushed my teeth like 10 times and I beat the shit out of them. <laughs> she's, she's the oldest one. <laughs> I was like, I bet it was still worth it, though. I bet they like laughed as you were kicking their ass. <laughs> uh, I have seen this video and it's terrible. It's awful. He pulls out this like yes. plug of hay and it just... It gets Do you in his see mouth. that like, solid plug? That, like that two feet of solid yeah. plug for... Yeah. comes out he probably do you I think love, the elephant felt i love that it's slow motion too oh my god that's in his mouth for sure i think they're lacking in the ppe over there <laughs> <laughs> that was the best shit that doll you know what it prevented that life. a mask that, you know what exactly a face shield way to go dum-dum <laughs> got a face full of diary elephant lee poo that you gotta check out our uh, facebook page from time to time <laughs> we got uh, we got crazy stories we like to post on there for sure. It's in the, and evidently they get banned. They get banned. So that's even better. <laughs> when they're found to be false. That gives you a reason to like our page immediately. Because, you know, otherwise, by the time you get to it, you've missed out on some greatness. That Sasquatch call was one of the best you things. Yeah, I heard. got that little jab in there. Just like, you know, wham. Tito, we're, we're doing a story on Kurt Cobain today. Yeah, rock and roll episode. Yeah, rock and roll episode. Music that I grew up with. I just always thought it was interesting about the mystery behind what happened to Kurt Cobain. Did he did he off himself? Did somebody do it? You know, so we're gonna kind of dig into that and get your guys' input and yeah, you've been doing research on, on it. You've been doing research on this for a minute. Yeah, and thank God that um, Devin over there, he's actually seen a couple documentaries. That yeah, I, I watched. Um, if you go to watch documentary, I believe it's called watchdocumentaries.com. But the latest one that has been done was in 2015 called Soaked in Bleach. And so, well done documentary. And now it is pretty it much, like actors or is it? It's like a combo. So he's got like, he talks to like the legit private eye that Courtney hires. Yeah, his but, name is Tom Grant, I believe. Right. But Tom Grant straight up says he's always been a, a person that seeks truth, and it's very rare for a PI to turn on their client. But he believes Cor- Courtney Love had something to do with Kurt Cobain's death. Now, he doesn't come straight really? out and say that she killed him, but he says that she's definitely fucking, you know, she's lying and definitely manipulated the media for sure. And he recorded all the conversations from the beginning. And it starts because on Easter, she called him to try to find Kurt because she couldn't find him. But what you find out through this documentary is like, well, they were split up and getting a divorce. Mm. Like, I never knew that. You know, so I think for, how old for, was Kurt I, Cobain I during that? Ooh. During that time. Well, he was born in 67. 
Yeah. How so old was he? Did you say? Is, yeah, when him and Courtney are going through this. Uh, he was, was twenty six years yet. old because yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurt Cobain is part of the twenty seven club. If no no one knows what that means, that's right. um all the rock and roll icons that have died at 27 years old fall into a club called the 27 club. So like Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Kurt Cobain, Sid Vicious, the list goes on and on. Um, That'd be Buddy Holly too. I'm not too sure how old Buddy Holly was. You should check because it's like a, it's a thing in rock and roll that like, that's the age. His daughter, his daughter was already born. I don't believe she was one or two years old. She was born in 92. Right. So she was two or three. Oh, wow. I mean, I'm sure everyone knows who Kurt Cobain is, but maybe we'll just go over a little bit of yeah, yeah, who yeah. Kurt Cobain is. You know, he's you know, Kurt was born in uh, Aberdeen, I believe it's Aberdeen, Washington, yep. in um, nineteen. You said 1967, correct? Yeah, 1967. I don't know yep, the exact th- day. I yeah. just know the year. I think he's one of he's one of the most iconic frontmen in rock and roll. I mean, a lot of people had issues with that transitional time from hair. Metal, uh, metal bands and rock and roll into like more of like a grungy yeah, emo. Was, they were trying to be new wave because he was yeah. really big in a new wave rock, but they ended up he ended up creating a whole new genre of music. You know him and him and Nirvana. You know, yeah, yeah. So and um, I mean, he grew up pretty good. I mean, he was a happy child until uh, his parents got divorced, and then he uh, he wound up going off to live with family members and friends. And then he never had like a place to call home. He would sleep under bridges. And then he was kind of like the rebel figure when he was younger. And then he fell into music at a very young age. In the documentary, they talk about like how many like major rock bands came out of Aberdeen. You had the Melvins, Mm. like just no kidding, like less than a block away from where he grew up. And like, there was like another, another prolific band came out of that town around that time. So it played like a um, well, huge role I mean, a- when he saw Alice the Melvin James is, is, I believe, from up there in Washington as well. I think all those grunge bands, Pearl Jam, they're all from up in that area and they were all around the same time. Uh, this 27 yeah. Club includes uh, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, oh. Rob mm-hmm. Pigpen, McKernan, Kurt Cobain. That's all I Jimmy see. Jimmy Hendrix. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah, they got Jimmy on there. And they got a couple. Like Robert Johnson and Brian Jones, which were nineteen. Robert Johnson was the birth of the Delta Blues. He was believed oh. to have sold his soul to the devil at the really? crossroads to play guitar. Oh, that's interesting. I always thought that yeah. about um, the magician guy. I always thought he sold his soul to be so great at what he does. Chris Angel? <laughs> yeah. He's I'm just like, an idiot from Suffolk County, Long Island. He, he had to straight up sell his soul to do what he does, I swear. <laughs> Did you guys ever see that 60-minute uh, interview with Bob Dylan where where he said he sold his soul? Yes, yes. That's, no. a, that's a very interesting video. The guy's like, to who? And he's like, you know who. That's why he won't accept the Nobel Peace Prize. Well, he wanted to accept it. No, he didn't free. accept it. It wasn't reception. He he didn't. No, accept he, the, he accepted the money. He got paid a million dollars. Oh yeah, he got the million. A million dollars. Yeah, but yeah, he didn't, yeah. That's oh, why yeah. like people think Martin Luther King was poor. No, a motherfucker won the Nobel Peace Prize. He got, he was a millionaire. Sorry, <laughs> sorry to. Wow. All right. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Was he twenty seven? He's a millionaire. Yeah, million dollars <laughs> in the sixties. That's a lot of money, bro. People that went in it now, couldn't have been a million dollars in the sixties, is it? You know, it wasn't a million dollars in the sixties, was it? I don't know how much it was back then. I know it's a million dollars now. Just let me live in fantasy. (laughs) Oh, now you want to live in fantasy? (laughs) I think we can talk. You know, we have to talk a little bit about Courtney Love before. You know, if we talk about Kurt, I don't know much about her before Kurt. I know I it was Courtney like, with Kurt. You know, she got into the band whole, right? Yes. And they had like a couple. They had actually had a couple hit songs. But it wasn't oh, yeah. until she was with Kurt that I knew anything about her or who she was. I don't know anything about her previous previous of Kurt. Yeah. I mean, so pretty much she was born in San Fran, 64. She was only three years older than Kurt. Um, she grew oh, up she in older? A- I didn't know that. Yeah, a little bit older. She grew up in a family of like hippies, like Grateful Dead kind of people. Her that godfather explains. is actually Phil Lesh from Grateful Dead. So that would explain her like comfortability of being nude in front of people she doesn't know. Exactly. But she was she had a fucked up childhood too. De- uh, definitely into drugs. She was a rebel. 
Uh, she's explained to be outspoken, brash, out of control. Uh, her parents divorced uh, divorced uh, when they when she was young and she moved overseas. To, I believe she moved to Switzerland or Sweden where she was in like a reform school or boarding school for girls. She got expelled from there. Um, she traveled. She was a world traveler. She stri- She was a stripper. She stripped yeah. in like yes. different countries. That's like Cardi like B shit right there, bro. You all about her money. You know it's starting I mean? to sound wop, a lot wop, like wop. my uh, ex here. <laughs> I'm like, are we talking about my ex or are we talking about Courtney Love? <laughs> she, yeah, she, stri- she was a stripper in Alaska, Hong Kong, California. Oh, the Hong Kong. Hong Kong even. Wow. Yeah, I know. She Taiwan was like international international, international <laughs> stripping. That's, that, that's in a whole other league, I think. <laughs> they got to learn all the Japanese songs to dance to, too. They loved how pale she was. <laughs> she, she, yeah, she was probably a hit over there, right? Yeah. Well, you know, when I was in Japan, when I was in the Marines, we called them grass ninjas on, on the base, and it wasn't anything racist. It was because they literally like wore like clothes like over their eyes. They were like full long like long sleeve clothes, gloves, like no skin exposed at all. Because in Japan, the darker your skin color, the lower class you are. Because it means really? you work outside. You have like a laborer's job. So all the laborers try to like hide from the sun so that they can have pale skin and look more high class. That was the uh, that was the American culture back in like the 1800s. Like the paler your skin, the higher your class. Right, right, and they would powder up just for it. And then and I think mini skirts came out. And if you're if you're yeah. you know, if your gingers are out, you know that pale skin's gone. Yep, yep. No interest. Do not pass go. Do not pass two hundred dollars. <laughs> Do not pass go. <laughs> Sorry, Corey. Just a little jab, but I get those in. Uh, and so I Corey, edit them out. So... <laughs> You're just going to edit me. Yeah, I just edit it all out. Like, <laughs> fuck you, it. Devin. That was a great line. Yep, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, she came back to the stage. She fell into acting. She was in a couple of roles. She played Nancy Spungin and Sid and Nancy. Uh, it was about the Sex Pistols lead singer. Sid Vicious, and she was in another movie. I cannot remember what it was called at, at the moment, but yeah, she tried her way with acting. She got in there, but kind of fell out of it, went back to stripping. She moved up to Alaska, blah, blah, blah. But then she finally met Kurt at the Satricon Club in uh, Portland. I believe it was at a Butthole Surfers concert. And then they, you know, they just met there and then they, they uh, ran into each other again in 1991. It's 1991, uh, two months after Nevermind came out, where uh, the hit single was Smells Like Teen Spirit. I'm sure everyone knows that song. Most people do, yeah. And then after that, they uh, they kind of hit it off and they got married in uh, in Hawaii in 1992. I saw, a, um, uh, as I was researching this, an interview that he did, and he was on a ferry somewhere in you know Seattle with, a, I believe it was Rolling Stone, like, journalist. But he asked her, she asked him because a lot of his music was dark, you know, and references to baby. And he said that, like, falling in love changed his whole perspective on life. And that, like, before, like, having a kid and bringing a kid into this world was, like, totally out of the question because who would want to bring a kid in this world? But since he fell in love, his perspective had changed and he was happy. Like, you could see it on his face. Like, dude was kind of spitting. He really was yeah. in love with Courtney Love and they were going to have a baby and he was super excited about it. It was really yeah. interesting to see that side because before you always heard that, you know, he was always dark and just always, always, you know, depressy kind of. But when you like get to see this other side of him, he really wasn't that dude that. No, he seemed him. like a pretty even killed guy you know but a lot of people with depression do but it was said that he he had severe stomach pains that uh put him onto a lot of um self-medicating and you know he was known to have a history of depression and stuff so like drugs were very much there and like his mental state of mind wasn't always the greatest in that documentary they also they actually talk about that stomach pain and yeah. uh, he fought it for like five years and then mm-hmm. when they finally got the right medicine and cured it, he said he was no longer in pain and he was he was feeling the greatest he'd ever felt. And this was in like 93, I think, when they finally figured it all out and he'd been cured of it for about a year. And that's a year before he died. Right, right. And he had his child in 92. So I recommend that that documentary. It's about an hour and a half long, but it what's it called? You watch him like we need to open up the case now. According to love needs to be in jail. Damn. Well, we're going to kind of dig into the uh, how it all went down and what happened. And maybe you guys could give me a little bit of input on what you guys think. But uh, we'll all start it off in in Rome. March 3rd, Kurt and um, Courtney are in Rome. I believe Kurt's there for I'm assuming 
he's playing music in Rome, but he comes down with bronchitis and winds up taking supposedly allegedly winds up taking um courtney's meds and ods now did you hear something different from that or it was a uh, rohypnol which is like a sleep aid yeah but they mixed it with alcohol which is actually i believe i don't want to freaking ablip here but the fucking australian that played the joker why am i why am i having a brain Heath ledger Heath ledger supposedly this is the same thing i Heath ledger like he was taking sleep aids oh. and was drinking right yeah yeah, and some other cocktail bullshit. Well, that's the same thing happened to Kurt Cobain. He he took those sleep aids, but in champagne. So he was drinking champagne, and he got put in a drug coma. And the doctor that they pulled him out of it said it wasn't a suicide attempt, even though yeah, they said they've seen suicide attempts before, and it was not a suicide attempt. But a lot of people were Courtney stressed, and a lot of other people said, "Oh, this was his first suicide attempt." Apparently. Yeah, Courtney was playing that game, but when the investigator that she had hired went and researched it, and he actually got in contact with a doctor, said, no. She tried to say he had taken like 60 pills or something trying to commit suicide, and the doctor was like, no, it was not a suicide. It was it was obvious it was just accidental, you know, mixing of drugs, you know, almost killed him. Heath Ledger was 28 when he died. I'm just I struck- missed the 27 club yep, by I'm a just year. saying. Oh, oh, I think that's close enough. I, I, I think mean, so, too. Like, I, he was I think if you're under 30 and you're famous, I mean, that, I think it throws you in the same ballpark. All right. Sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, Courtney tried to twist it that he had commit, He tried to commit suicide. But the doctor day, but said that, that. ended up not being true. The doctor said he he had seen a bunch of suicides and this was nothing. This was definitely not a suicide attempt. Yes. Yep. So anyway, after this whole thing went down in in uh, Rome, I don't believe it was in Rome. I think they flew. It was in Rome. Else. It was in Italy. It was in Italy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so after that, I mean, his friends, um, his his bandmates, his family, blah blah blah. They they made an intervention for him that obviously he didn't like. I don't think anybody likes being cornered into well, an intervention. I mean, I mean, let's get to it. I mean, he was a heroin addict. I mean, it's yes. not like. Very he was much. just, just on, on some clean slate. He was doing some bad stuff. Like I've, I'm pretty open and honest with my kids, and we talk about drugs and stuff like that. And I told him, like, mm-hmm. one drug you definitely don't ever want to chase is heroin because they call it chasing the dragon for a reason. And nobody that does heroin bounces back from it and is the same. They're exactly scarred by it. That you know? yeah, that's something you definitely do not want to even come close to doing. Yeah. And so he was in, you know, he was in dark times for sure. Yep. So, you know, the intervention actually wound up working because shortly after he checked himself into a, a rehab center in Del Rey. I believe it was in Del Rey, but he was only there for two days and they said he escaped. He stepped out for a smoke, jumped the wall, hopped a cab to the airport <laughs> and flew back to Seattle to where his his house was. Right. And then the documentary I, mean, funny, I watched, they don't talk, they don't say escaped or anything like that. They just made it look like, yeah, he just left on his own for will. And you know, some rehab facilities are that way. They're self, you don't want to yeah, check, self check in. You can, check. You can self yeah, check in. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if how much of that is true. Like uh, that, that PI talks about how much control Courtney was, was really playing to the media. And so like this whole thing's going down, they're going to divorce. I guess Courtney called that facility, that rehab facility he was at 13 fucking times. And all the people hung up on her and said, no, you can't talk. She even tried to pretend to be different people. Really? She talked yeah. to Kurt yep. and they hung up on her. So that's funny that you say that. And then in, into this next piece, but a little side note that I thought was really cool. Um, I was watching an interview with the uh, guns and roses bass player, Duff McKagan. And the night that Kurt escaped, allegedly from the rehab facility mckagan saw him at the airport saw that he was kind of in distress so he duff and him sat next to each other on the plane and when they got off duff was talking to a buddy of his and he's like maybe we should take kurt to stay with us tonight he doesn't look too good by the time they turned around to get kurt he was already in a cab and gone so i thought that was a cool little story he was probably the last person, the one of the last people to see Kurt alive. Right. It sounds so, like a guy I'm on a mission, doesn't it? Like, I mean, he's oh. sneaking out of conversations and all this shit. To... He does sound like he's on a mission. A weird thing is, literally, when he got back to Seattle, a close friend of his growing up, I, his name is Dylan. I don't remember his last name. Mm. Helped him buy a Model Eleven 
12 you know, gauge shotgun. Allegedly because he their house had been broken into, they didn't have the guns. In. I don't remember why they don't have they took the original guns. I don't remember why, but yes, he bought but another one. He was a one. gun owner. They mm-hmm. bought another one because of that, but they put it in Dylan's name and not Kurt's name. And the reason why? I have no clue. Hmm. But Dylan was one of Kurt's shooting up buddies. Yeah, oh, okay. he was a heroin addict as well. And believe this or not, their freaking nanny that was living in their house that the Kurt Cobain was found in, um, his name was Callie. Was a dude. Was yeah, Courtney his name Love's form- Callie DeWitt? Yeah, former boyfriend of Courtney Love and friend. And there he was like a partial nanny, but he also had a girlfriend that was there. And supposedly when. Kirk Cobain hmm. flew in that more that early morning. He gets there at like one in the morning in the house, and he said he sat there in their room and they had a chat, and then that he left at like seven in the morning or something, and that was the last time anybody saw him alive. Yeah, so like, that's fucking weird, bro. Yeah, uh, obviously, at what follows all of this is no, no one could find Kirk, so Courtney hires an investigator named Tom Grant which is the investigator that's still trying to work the case. I'm pretty sure, you know? Yeah. He really wants and, to uh, reopen the books and like have third party investigators on he, it. He was hired by Courtney love, Courtney love herself. Yes. On Easter this guy believes that Kurt Cobain was killed on the April 3rd is what he thinks. April 3rd. When, when is Easter? That's like the first weekend. Well, it varies, right? It yes. changes. It, sometimes it's in March, sometimes it's in April. So I don't know how many days before, but this guy believes that Kurt was dead on April 3rd. Here's he a crazy on the thing floor, about Courtney. After he escaped, before even calling Tom Grant, she called the police pretending to be Kurt's mom, Wendy O'Connor. Yeah. <laughs> and she she said that uh, Cobain was missing, suicidal, and in possession of a shotgun. This was af- in, in the documentary, it says this was after she had already hired Tom. And that she oh, told is him, it after? Yeah, I yeah. could be wrong too. That, and that she you know. called the she called the Seattle police to to file a missing persons report. But I'm like, she pretended to be Kurt's mom, but all the media ran with it that it was Kurt's mom when it really was Courtney. And That's some used, conniving shit, right there. Well, and all the shit that she said as being Kurt's mom, he's suicidal. He bought a shotgun. All this is in the freaking police report for the missing persons case. So when the media gets it, they're like, oh look. He's already suicidal. He has a shotgun. It goes totally with what what happened. It's then, freaking yeah, like, it's not journalism. You're like, oh, this bitch is dirty. It's crazy because a lot of people that know love, a lot of her friends, her family members, like she said, they said that she was obsessed with money. And like her friends assumed that she was just like cold and calculating person. Her father even stated that there is no doubt that she's capable. She was capable of, of doing this and that she was involved. She had some kind of involvement. Their personal lawyer. What was her name? Um, her name Rose- was what? Rosemary Carroll. Right. A lot of this yep. information that the PI got was from them, and she's a, she was a lawyer for Kurt and Courtney. And before Kurt died, he had called her and told her, I need to take Courtney off the will. I want her off the will. Yes, there was a lot of will talk. Because he's, they're getting divorced. So he's like, I want her off the will. And Courtney had signed a prenup. So if yes. they got divorced, yep. she wasn't going to get shit. I mean, she's going to get some child support stuff, maybe. But all the, you know, Kurt Cobain's estate that's probably worth, like, I think I looked it up earlier, didn't I? It was like $430 million Yeah, is what it's worth today. So She wouldn't uh, have had access to any of that shit. I mean, the next chapter here is, I think anybody can guess, is, is Kurt killed himself. He's found dead. And and uh, Jamal, guess who he was found dead by? Jolly West. No. <laughs> <laughs> you. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I like. <laughs> he was actually found dead by an electrician. Well, that's a bad way to start the morning. <laughs> well, guess who hired the electrician? Courtney Love. Courtney Love. Where was he found and dead? What at? is what is what does the guy do when he finds Kurt? Does he call the cop? I don't. You know, I don't. I'm no, assuming he so. calls a fucking radio station. I mean, he calls the oh, media he does. first. Really? Wow. The documentary he called the media first before the cops. I want to see this guy's tool belt because he sounds like a fake electrician. Like, why would you call them? You know what I mean? <laughs> he's got he's got all Fisher Price tools. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, I'm here to do electrical. Oh shit! Who, because sure who calls a radio station? Pretty sure. <laughs> oh, shit. Dick for him. 
Yeah, so she hired this electrician apparently. Wait, where was he where was he found, Tito? Above the garage in an area that they called the greenhouse. Right. And you know the crazy part is that private investigator was there with Dylan yes. before searching trying the house. to find the shotgun, trying to find Kurt. And they find that rehypnol drug under the mattress. Mm-hmm. Right. They said the house they're was looking like strangely clean too. Like yeah, very clean. The house clean. is clean, like no one's been there. They find some drugs under the mattress, which was the same drug that he uh went to the drug home in Rome. But Courtney said she found the suicide note under the pillow. And but the, it wasn't. Can you, can you guys the investigator said that's not possible because I was there that night and there was no freaking letter because I tossed the room. Dude, dude, just sec. Just pause. Everyone pause here because I, I don't know anything about this story and I need to I need to just I'm loose on the timeline right now because I thought I thought he died in Rome. No, no. He had an OD in, in Washington. Rome. He OD'd he in died Rome. In- he and died then in one he of kept, their cabins. Oh, that, in okay, okay. He OD'd in Rome, and then he went. It was one of his houses, but not the house that they resided daily in. Right. No, no. I think it was his Devin. I think it was his house. Was it his house? I, they said he owned a couple cabins in the documentary. So the 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 greenhouse is just uh like an apartment over a garage, but the actual house is like right behind it, and it's it's a fucking man. It's huge. That's where Courtney loves uh, ex boyfriend her and that his girlfriend yeah, 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 all yeah, lived yeah. at yes and they didn't check the garage no they just and hired it so how long was the it? garage it was like almost like a little attic space above the garage but how like how, no one heard shots i mean you'd hear a book. shotgun go off I, I know i know that's the weird thing right there's no evidence of it yeah no i didn't mean to interrupt you though i was just a i was confused on the timeline so i was just trying to right, right. But, oh, because it didn't make sense if they were all in the house so his body was discovered on April 4th. Mm-hmm. April 3rd, that night, the private investigator with Dylan, his heroin friend, heroin, heroin addict friend, went into that house to try to find the shotgun, try to find Kurt. When they tossed the room, they found the Rehypnol under the mattress. No shotgun, no Kurt. Okay. Cool. Let's go. But Courtney said she found that suicide note under her pillow in that room. And the private investigator said, that's not possible because I tossed that room. There was no note because he was found the next day. Okay. Right. So her timeline on stuff and where she found it is off. Way off. I'm looking Way at, off. I'm looking at the scan. of Kurt he didn't Cope. know that there was an upstairs above the garage. So he says when, cause it was raining and dark when he was, oh. he said when he came back the next day because of the investigation or like they found him dead, he was like, what the fuck is this room? I didn't even see it last time. Mm. So he was there. Kurt was already freaking dead. So the, the nanny. So the, there's two nannies in the house. Right. Well, not really. There's a male nanny and his girlfriend. Right. So she said that Cobain, uh, Kurt was talking a lot about his will. That's what we were saying before. Also, he was right. talking to it about his lawyer. He was also talking it to it in his own house, overheard by one of the nannies there. And he wanted Courtney out of it. Period. Yeah, and she also said that um, Courtney, Courtney loved, totally controlled Kurt any minute she can. She was very controlling. Yeah, she was very jealous of anybody that got close to him. Meanwhile, she had her ex-boyfriend as the (laughs) cleaning guy. All this time this is going on, too, when she hired the private eye, not once did she go to Seattle to try to find Kurt herself. She's in L.A. the whole time. Another note, apparently his tires, did you know, apparently his tires were slashed. I didn't know this. His car tires were slashed. Courtney said she did it, so it would prevent him from going anywhere. (laughs) <laughs> supposedly she canceled the credit card too so you can oh um, yeah we're gonna we'll get into play. that so i think that now is a pretty good time to get into kind of all the f- weird evidence behind what happened right, right, and right. stuff like that when you they know found them. yeah exactly yeah so i mean i think we could start with uh um, yeah, the electrician finds them yep. contacts you know he contacts media first and then the cops and when they get there the door is locked into the green room from the inside so they break a glass get in there a lot of people say that there was a stool wedged under the door and he was barricaded in the greenhouse, which that wasn't the case. 
No, it was on a, it was on like on a different door opposite of the room, and it was just sitting there. It wasn't actually barricading anything. Yeah, it was a push button lock. It could only be locked by the inside, but somebody if you can push if it somebody was in there with him, he could have just pushed it and closed it. You know, right? It's one of those. And the paramedic, yeah. the first paramedic that was there, said that. Yeah, that still was not in front of the door. It was in front of another door because there was two ways to get in. And then the other reports say that he left his license out in case there was a lot of like disfigurement, which also wasn't true. It no, remained. The, yeah, the police officers pulled his driver's license out of his wallet and put it on his wallet, which why would you have your wallet out to begin with sitting out beside you anyway? I thought that was weird. Yeah, a lot of media agencies got that wrong, too. I think huh. another this is one of the key pieces of evidence, Jamal, and I also have it in the show notes. It's the suicide note that uh, Devin brought up before. And yeah, I'm looking at Devin, it right now. Want to tell us where they found it exactly? Courtney said she found it. They didn't actually find it. Courtney found it under her pillow, supposedly. Okay, so I heard it was stabbed with the pen into a bag of soil in the greenhouse. Oh well, maybe there was another note that she found that. So if you pull up the uh, if you pull up the suicide note, I'm looking at it right it now. You can pull up the type. It, and it, it is pretty long, but if you read it, it pretty much seemed like he was just saying goodbye to the music world. A lot of people believe that he was done. I think he insinuated that he's just had enough and he was he was kind of done, you know, with the music world. I, um, you know what I'm seeing in this? This is what I'm seeing is it seems like he talks. He's got like three paragraphs on how awesome his his wife is, mm-hmm. which is Courtney. But if she's she seems like a narcissist. So it seems like do they think he wrote this or do, do they think she wrote well, it? Well, what, what is believed? Do you, did you ever see that documentary about Kurt Cocaine's notebooks? No. <laughs> Kurt Cocaine? <laughs> I did say cocaine. Uh, Cobain. <laughs> what a dick. Ah, uh, you fucked us at the beginning of the show, too. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> anyway, they believe that these excerpts are actually from song lyrics because there's a there's a documentary about Kurt Cobain and his music writing, and it's all about his notes and diaries, obviously made by Courtney Love. I can't remember the name of it, but I did watch this documentary about it. It's actually pretty fascinating about Nirvana and the whole start. But they believe that these experts are actually just from him from songs that he was thinking about writing or lyrics and this I mean, bottom yeah. section is what is not his writing that this bottom section is somebody else's handwriting where he says and they I- believe that this was written they allegedly believe that courtney is the one who wrote this stuff down here because the stuff on the bottom is all what you would expect from a suicide note please keep going courtney for francis for her life which will be much happier without me i love you i love you blah 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 so I believe they had handwriting analysis done, and they don't right. believe that that's Kurt's handwriting at all. And everybody but, says that bottom four is the def, the bottom four lines are definitely probably not Kurt's. Like she copied, she probably had she probably had someone else write it, right? Well, this well, Rosemary the chick they, found a backpack, and in her back and in in Courtney Love's backpack was a sheet of like dis, different styles of writing and letters. And what they believe happened is that Courtney had gotten a hold of one of uh, Kurt's books and was learning how to forge his handwriting. And I also have that in the show notes as well. The sheet that they found in her backpack. Yeah, like there's this, like five different types. Oh, of e, I'm, how, oh how yeah. E. I saw that. I saw that yeah, in, yeah. The, in the show notes there. Yeah, that's, yeah, that was in Courtney Love's backpack found by her lawyer who denies ever talking to Tom. What's his face? That's creepy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, and yeah. you know what? They were at the time they were going to they were going to be going through a divorce. He was leaving mm-hmm. the band. Dave Grohl and I'm sure everyone knows who Dave Grohl is. Yeah. He's the lead singer of the Foo Fighters. One of the greatest bands ever, by the way. I'm just saying. Yes, and that's one of, <laughs> oh one of my the original God. members of Nirvana. Uh, Jamal, I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't know that. Dave Grohl was the drummer in Nirvana. But he confirmed that at that time the band was breaking up. Hmm. So that's a that's a one of the key things in this case is the suicide note. Well, and also, they, there's pictures of the shotgun shell that's mm. sitting on uh, a jacket, right? So Kurt's like laying, you know, he's laying down. His, his his face is facing the ceiling, and supposedly you can't recognize him. But according to one of the paramedics, he's like you could recognize it was Kurt Cobain if you knew like what to, you know, you could tell the shotgun shell. The way he was holding the shotgun was in his lap. The trigger was on the top side, and his left hand was gripping it, and and it was all rigor mortis, like from death. 
And the ejection port is actually on the right side, not the left side. So how did the shotgun shell get on the fucking left side? It should be on the right side. If it, it was almost himself. like somebody was in there with him. Or like, someone shot him in the face standing over him and then So like they found the sleeping pills, so maybe he had fucking taken the sleeping pills and then No, he his body he he had taken heroin. So there's another box oh. there of all of his drug kit stuff. And he how much how damn we were talking about this okay. earlier. How much, so how much the heroin levels in his body was one point five two milligrams per liter of blood. They say it was enough to 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 take down a small elephant. Like you yeah. know, so it's that's another thing. Like four people. Yes. Yeah. It was the most. To this day, it's the most that's ever been recorded in a human body. What they're saying is, for him to be able to do that much heroin and still be conscious to kill himself is almost impossible. Like he could have killed himself with that much heroin, couldn't he? Huh? But he shot himself. It's a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Is what killed Kurt Cobain. But they're saying he had enough heroin in him to kill him, right? Exactly. Oh, okay. All right. But yeah, he so shot himself the, is a st- story, yes. Yeah, so the weird thing is, like, he injected himself with all this cocaine. He was able, they say he was able to put all of his his syringes back, the cap on, back in his little drug kit, pick up a Model 11 12-gauge shotgun, which is a big gun. And, yes, yep, that is. And it's a very long rifle, too, and, and shoot himself in the face. On, yeah. on this this level of heroin here. And Philip Seymour Hoffman, who died from heroin overdose, I don't remember what his, you know, heroin content per liter was, but it was way less than what Kurtz was, and they found him dead with a needle still in his arm. And in this documentary, they have, like, two, like, highly forensic autopsy doctors talk about, like, how much heroin he had in his system. He's like, if he was conscious after taking that much, he's like the world's champion of freaking heroin addicts. (laughs) <laughs> because there's no way, in that doctor's opinion, that he would be conscious after shooting up that much heroin to be able to put his drug kit away and blow his face off. Could someone inject him with heroin after he, let's there, say he had done a, a normal dose. Is it possible for someone else to inject you with heroin to just... Well, yeah, but you'd have to pump it around, right? You'd have to sit there and pump on their chest to like to circulate it. I think, personally, what I think is that he did do it and not, not kill himself. I believe that he did do heroin, but... It was kind of a planned thing. And then they shot him in the face for good measure to make it look like suicide. I mean, he was always he was already deemed suicidal after Rome and after escaping the rehab center. Right. So Man, according to, what a fucking story. Right. According to the FBI, uh, the FBI guy, if you ever want to get away with murder, kill a junkie and make it look like suicide. Because it's just the most common thing to find and come across. And most departments are going to be like, oh, suicide, case closed, not going to do much research on it. I want to go home. Right. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. And the whole time, this private eye was, he was, what do you call that? Did he suspicious. trust Courtney? He was suspicious. No, he was suspicious of Courtney Love. So he goes to the investigation, like he's there at the mur- like the death scene. And he's telling them, he's like, I need to talk to the detective in charge because I have information that they might want to know. And they're like, yeah. He doesn't want to talk to you right now. He said, get a hold of him at 3 p.m. And they just mm. didn't want to do anything with him. Just thought the guy was full of shit and just, nope, this is a suicide case closed. Maybe a little bit of an ego thing, like private investigator versus a state. And, oh, know. for sure. And yeah. well, the whole thing is they should reopen the investigation. But how how likely is it that a police department is going to reopen an investigation that they conducted and find out that and say that they fucked it all up. Well, you, you remember the like, so- no, they were right. The, it was a suicide. Move on. You remember the Sodder family? None of them would even allow the FBI in. Right. Hmm. Well, good old Sodder family. Sas- <laughs> you know Sodder, that was our best. That was our best episode until Sasquatch, and the Sasquatch has shot past it. <laughs> but but still, like that was the very first. Uh, that was the very first heavily downloaded one. I think another weird thing about this case was there was no fingerprints found on the gun. On the pen. They waited 30 days. 30 days. What about the bleach? You said something about bleach. Death before they tried to fingerprint that shotgun. They said there was absolutely no fingerprints. There was like maybe a little, but they were not even, they couldn't even like use a, them. A wiped yeah. down gun. They and the they, condensation from the green room and the soils and stuff right. could have dissipated the oil from fingerprint and, and then, stuff like that. And then they gave the shotgun back to Courtney so she can melt it down. So the shotgun doesn't even exist. 
It does exist, actually. No, she melted it down, I thought. That's what it said. Um, in 2019, um, a detective that worked on the police academy at the time he was young he just got into being a detective they asked him to come back and reopen kind of look at everything they still have the gun in custody if if you you could research it and you'll see but i mean there's a whole bunch of strange stuff surrounding this i mean they were going through a divorce courtney said to the lawyer like i i want you to get the meanest nastiest divorce lawyer you could find like she was out for it well yeah we have to like try to get out of this prenup that she signed too what she went to alaska a lot i noticed you said she'd go back to alaska you know how much money is in alaska for a stripper ah that makes sense there's a lot of dudes up there dude it's like a chick going to north dakota during the oilfield booms uh you know where (laughs) they keep it rain you know where they keep all the pretty girls in north dakota Oh, wait, rare. Behind the trees. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 no offense to my friends in North Dakota, but uh I, we all know that's true. I went there when I was 21 just, you know, hoping to find something and there ain't nothing there. You know, my dad told me a joke about North Dakota one time too. He said, "You know, you know what you you know what you call a pretty woman in North Dakota?" I was like, what? He's like a tourist. We're gonna get some North Dakota hate, I think. <laughs> you uh you know why <laughs> you know why uh you know the uh toothbrush was invented on Long Island? Oh fuck. Anywhere else yeah. it'd been a toothbrush. Wow. Toothbrush. That sounded like a very British thing. It seemed more appropriate for Britain. You know what? It's uh <laughs> fuck you. I thought it was a good joke. <laughs> I've been to Long Island. You ever been to Long Island, Corey? Uh yep. I accidentally I was picking up I I lived in New York for two years and the day I left New York I had to pick up my dad at JFK and yeah. I uh I accidentally mixed missed my exit on the BQE and had to take a twenty five dollar toll bridge onto Long Island. <laughs> to turn around and then pay another $25 to get off. <laughs> That's like that two hour rides. That two hours sucks. Right uh, and then I, and then I walked the onto longest, a set of, uh, uh, I walked onto a set of law and order at the airport <laughs> and I, nice. I had like my cowboy hat on and everything. And so I was fucking You're up their really shot. <laughs> yeah, bro. I had a cowboy hat and a duster. Please tell me it was 10 gallon. No, I'm not Hoss. I ain't fucking, <laughs> Much more of an atom. Although everyone calls me Haas, but I'm in denial. Was it a black? <laughs> what color was this cowboy hat? Dude, it was a um, it was a PBR special Stetson 3X. Black, black, totally black, absolutely black. That red hair, right? Yeah, absolutely black. I told you I was an atom. Fuck little Joe. That's, I like Haas. That seems very out of place in New York City. I don't think I've ever seen anybody wearing a cowboy hat besides the naked cowboy guy. Oh, uh, you never went to the opening of PBR down in downtown uh, Manhattan then. Wow, that that is a good time. Okay, I, where do they have a rodeo there then? I mean, Madison Square Garden. They just do it in the garden. It's the most trucks you'll ever see in Manhattan. It's the funnest thing ever for like a person that was not from New York to go to because it was like that. Actually, sounds like a good time. Oh, it was, dude. There was like it was jam packed full of people. There was a like a family there with Islander jerseys. They were all wearing. <laughs> they were all wearing Islander. And the and there's a rodeo clown named uh, Flint. His name's Flint. He's rolling down oh, Times Square. Would be interesting. Oh, uh, dude, it was, uh, and then that was the first time in my life I'd seen Jack Daniels girls. Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't know such a figure existed. Corey went <laughs> I like felt guilty just making eye contact with like, him. I, I need to move to Tennessee <laughs> yeah, yeah. immediately. <laughs> I took a bunch of New Yorkers with me, and uh, I was interested in this one chick. And I knew it wasn't going to work out because there was a bunch of protesters outside of Madison Square Garden. And she was picking up all their brochures. <laughs> and I was like, what? I was like, they shouldn't ride the bulls. Yeah. And I was like, those bulls are the are the best treated animals on this planet. For I have for some- eight seconds, they get their nuts tied. All right. Yeah. When I, where I grew up in bags, there's a, there's a family there that raises actually bulls that end up being like in the PBR. They have like three or four badasses. Yep. Yeah. Well, and there was uh there's a, it's called a, uh, what is it called? A cowpalooza or something like that in South Dakota. Yeah. And uh, that's a, that's a huge recruiting area for uh, PBR bulls out there. The, the bulls, dude, he, the bulls are half the, half the show. Like they know, oh, yeah, they know exactly that. I mean, sir, I like to watch the steer wrestling. I was telling Tito that steer wrestling is a fun, is a, is a fun thing to watch and do, but Tito knows all about steer wrestling. Bull riding is where it's at. 
<laughs> you actually have the build for bull rider, Tito. Five three. I mean, all those dudes are little because they got that yep. little center of gravity. That's he would have been a perfect fuckers. bull rider. Yeah, he would have yeah, been a, perfect I'm a bull stocky rider. little fuck. That's perfect That's for a bull rider. Not a jockey. I'll tell you that. No, you, yeah, you're not supposed you, to cup the balls when you ride the bull. You're supposed to just sit between his shoulders, just so you know. You up high. <laughs> the guys get knocked out before the gate even opens because they're not situated. Have you seen those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I like, love how they wear like <laughs> hockey helmets and shit now. Uh, yeah, not the Brazilians. They're they're still men. Uh. That felt like that was a little jab. <laughs> well, just saying. Dude, this is an interesting story about Kurt Cobain. I I honestly never knew anything about this, and yeah, I just so knew he committed out. suicide. Yeah, check it out. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that we didn't cover. I think we got oh, yeah. a good chunk of it, you know, yeah. but. Soaked in bleach is what the documentary I watched. Yeah, I'm and you, that you watch that and you go like, "Holy shit!" What does that mean? You Soaked? Know. Did she, was there bleach found on the scene? No, it has oh. nothing to do oh, with that. Okay. I think it was just an interesting title name they were going for. A there has to be a reason behind it, but uh, you can Google it. But I, I would just well, fucking that's great, great show, guys. Yeah, if anybody has, if any of our listeners have any information about this topic, uh, put it on our Facebook page so we could yeah, you know, educate so. ourselves on it. All right. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Devin and I will check it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy, okay? Yeah. A lot going on. Uh, all right, guys. Have a good night. All we'll right, see you next week. You guys have a good night. Later, Phantoms. All right, Phantoms. Night-night. Hey, society, Tito here. For those of you with a curious mind and those of you who like the show, follow us on our Facebook page, Phantom Facts Society, where we post bizarre and unsolved stories. Feel free to post stories you find interesting, and maybe we'll cover them on next Friday's show. Peace out, Phantoms. I don't know what that means.